Hey, how's it going? I'm Nick, and I'm your host on the Echo Academy podcast, a podcast dedicated to uncovering helpful tools and strategies to improve your quality of life at work. On today's show, we talk about how to be organized and maintain order when you have so much on your plate. My guest today is Tim Castle. Tim is the author of Be the Lion, How to Overcome Big Challenges and Make It Happen, and has written one additional bestseller. Tim is also an advisor to startups on the Blue Chili Health Tech Program in Singapore, the Stockland Accelerator in Australia, and She Starts. But also, Tim's absolute passion is coaching others in areas of sales, business development, entrepreneurship, and self-improvement. If you'd like to find out more about Tim and this episode, you can go to echo.academy forward slash Tim. That's E-K-H-O dot A-C-A-D-E-M-Y forward slash T-I-M. Today's episode is nothing short of perspective changing. So let's get straight to it. Here's my conversation with Tim Castle. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Nick. It's great to be here. So the reason why I wanted to have you on this show was really just to understand how to be more organized and maintain order when you know when you have so much on your plate. And you wrote a book about it, or at least some aspects of it, and I really want to get into <laughs> all of those good stuff. But I, I suppose the first question I want to ask before we even dive into you know managing so much on your plate is... Is life becoming overwhelming for us or do we make it overwhelming for ourselves? I think um, it's a great question. And I think life, it's more around the discipline that we apply to what we allow into our lives that's changed. So, yes, we've become more connected. Technology is going through the roof. There are multiple ways to get in touch with us now. And things like email, phone, Slack, WhatsApp, we've taken the ways to get in touch with us into places of intimacy and privacy like the bedroom into the bathroom (laughs) it's 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 on us 24 7 and i think was it stressful two thousand years ago in the time of the romans yes within that context it would have been you could have got overwhelmed and you would have been and it and and they would still need strategies to deal with that the thing that i think's changed is having the discipline about what we actually decide to take on and then about actually trying to be present in the moment and not be living in the past or living in the future or living on the phone or living in work. And what's your mind doing right. when you're with the people that you care about, with the people that you love? Is it drifting off? Are you thinking and trying to solve problems? And I think there's a tendency in today's society to do a lot of trying to do everything all at once and being scattered. And what that leads to is a dysfunctional pattern of prioritization and we can delve into that a little bit more but i also think with things like instagram there's this environment of comparison that has triggered us to want to we see the world through rose tinted glasses of other people and we think that these people are doing everything all at once and it's around us 24 7 so this this comparison cycle actually is starting to trigger overwhelm as well Right. So there's there's actually drivers underneath the amount of what we're letting in in terms of 
to our world, we're choosing to let that in that are actually then triggering emotional drivers and emotional needs that are then causing us to feel even more overwhelmed. So right. it's about getting into those drivers and understanding how to to combat that or and how much control you actually have over that so that you can start to break out of the cycle of overwhelm. So I, I suppose in a nutshell, what you're saying is what, what has escalated that level of overwhelm is almost almost the comparisons that we've had to make because of that social media because of you know the competitive job market and the fact that now we're also competing against uh ai and robots and stuff like that so is it is it safe to say that this overwhelm is is almost a a cultural or societal issue now like because if you think about it uh to your point of you know the roman times and stuff like that you know when you're at home, everything shuts off, right? Because no information floods yourself. Mm. But whereas now, you know people are awake, trying to outdo you, outperform you. <laughs> does that does that play into that? Yeah, definitely. I think I think the expectations that we set on ourselves, and then we look at what we're trying to achieve, and we look at all what our peers are, are doing, is actually playing very much into the hands of that. And we're not the actual thing that we need to do to create the success that we want to actually achieve all of our goals and dreams and visions is actually create those pockets of time for reflection, those times to actually focus on loving ourselves and self-care. So, so important. And the reason I wrote Be The Lion, the book, is because one, it was in my head and I, I could not have not written it. I had to get this book out. It was actually when I came to the end of my first book, The Art of Negotiation, that I got to the end and realized that the process of everything I was taking on from writing my first book, from doing an MBA, from from actually having all of these different pressures from work and from home life and all of these things going on, I needed I needed a framework and a strategy to be able to overcome that. And this book, Be the Lion, was there in my head and I had to write it. And once I wrote it, I started to see that there was patterns and there was a structure that I needed for my day. I actually experienced burnout even during writing Be The Lion. That's how interesting that is. And I actually um, built a framework when writing the book. It wasn't like I came to the book with a framework. It's like I actually grew through the book. So that's when I realized this could be really helpful and wanted to share the message in a, in a lot more power because overwhelm is, it's it's a big, big deal and it's infiltrating all of society, whether you're an entrepreneur, a startup, whether you're working for a huge corporate, whether you're a full-time mom or dad, like it, it, it's there and we need to know how to manage it. Right. So that book was almost a cathartic experience for you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I put everything into that book and um, it, it shows because I, I wrote it within a year and a half. And the reason that that happened, it, I think in such a, because it's quite a, it's quite a big book, but it, it was because I was, I was living and breathing it. I was, you know, my baby would wake up at 3am. I'd put him down back to sleep and then I would write because I'm one of, I'm a light sleeper. So right. I, I, instead of just getting annoyed at the fact that I couldn't go back to sleep, that time then became golden time for me. And then through that, I realized that is the time I'm most creative. That is when my best works happen. Right. So early, early morning and having used a problem to actually find a solution. Yeah. It actually showed me something magic in there that I could then use to then accelerate on my goals and dreams. So yeah, the book is definitely a cathartic exercise. Wow, that's wonderful. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, we go into these projects with um, with with a 
with a particular goal in mind, but then, you know, what we get out of it is, um, I wouldn't say completely different, but, you know, in a different but yet complementary way. And I think we're better for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I wanted the main emphasis would be the lion was to make it real and authentic and actually talk about more of my own personal stories and share things that I think potentially other people could relate to, not just theorize. So I used, so Napoleon Hill, one of my favorite authors talks about this um, a lot and having like a, a mastermind group. Right. And I'd say Be the Lion is is my mastermind group. So it calls on all the research, all the people and through back in history, but also current gurus and mentors and uh, you know people like Tony Robbins and Gabriel Bernstein and Ryan Serhant. And these mentors of mine that have helped me in specific areas of my life to get through specific challenges and overcome them is in this book. And it's almost then become a formula for 21st century success and how you actually overcome challenges and cope with overwhelm when you've got big aspirations and dreams and goals. So let's dive straight into the book, I guess. Um, When you, when you were writing, you know, uh, be the lion's your second book, right? Yes. So when you were writing, be the lion, you, you, you also in the midst of switching jobs, uh, completing your MBA that's uh, right have you completed it it's a good question in my mind I've completed it um on paper I've still got three almost, mo- three modules to go but almost the, there the the key was I've done the final module so I've done awesome. all the modules and I ended up coaching two cohorts of students in leadership practice and development for a year yeah. in that MBA and so the MBA for me is a journey around who I could meet in the process of doing it. So for me, the MBA is never going to be over, right? It's that network of people and it's the experiential learning that I got from it. And and part of me doesn't want to finish it. So there are a couple more modules that I'm going to complete, but they're going to be done in my own time. And it's less about a certificate and more around the journey that we've been on together. And that, that was, that was it for me. Right. As it should be for all sorts of education. It should be at your own time and as much as you want to learn. But in addition, so you were doing your MBA, you were in the midst of transitioning to another job, you became mm. a father. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, to a kid who became ill as well. Yes. So you've had all of this, you know, going on in your life and some maybe were within your control, some with, uh, mm. without of you or outside of your control rather. How did you learn to prioritize your life, you know, to cater to these constant changes? Yeah, I think it, it it came, and you're quite right, like through these unexpected surprises and actually being in a situation where we just had a wedding. Weddings are very expensive, as you know. Yeah. We just moved countries, another not cheap item. And then um, we actually didn't have insurance sorted yet. So it was another expensive exercise. So there was, there was compounding stressors as well as trying to perform in a new job, as well as uncertainty around what's going to happen to my baby. And it really, that time in my life two years ago, drove home the need to have an understanding of how to manage your life properly when things don't go the way you want. So when there are things outside of your control, like your baby suffers a major seizure for one hour, and you realize that obviously money it doesn't matter what we have to pay to to pay for that. But it, what matters is that the people around you feel supported and safe and they are able to move things through properly so that you can get the results that you need 
from the specialists and to keep your job going and to keep healthy and do all of these things. And so I had to come up with a framework because yeah, I was going to burnout. If I, if I tried to do it all myself in a scattered approach, I needed to, to come up with a framework and that was my four C's model. Right. And, um, the four C's are creation, which leads to the lifestyle area of action. So taking action, which is something that I'd spent a lot of time in and my propensity my tendency was to take action a lot but to not focus on anything else i thought if i was taking action that was all i needed to do and the trouble with that is there was an imbalance so there was an imbalance in my health and my lifestyle i didn't look after my body i wasn't nourishing and giving myself self-care and love i wasn't building myself in terms of my self-belief and so then you get into the victim mode and nor was i actually connected to the spiritual side so the next C is actually conditioning and that relates to mind and body. So how do you on a daily basis maintain that to be able to produce successful results, but also feed into your bigger goals, ambitions and dreams. And so that's things like taking daily exercise and making it a priority, making sure that you, you get to the gym or the exercise class. And as you know, I've taken up my tie right. purely to force myself to not have to think about work. Like it's very difficult to think about work when you've got um, a world champion kickboxer uh, sparring with you <laughs> and you need to perform. Like right. it, you cannot think about anything else. They're instructing you what to do. It's a great release of energy, endorphins. I love the group mentality of it. It's such a positive experience. But for me, it was more around the mental discipline right. and being able to shut off my mind from the emails, from the calls, from the, to have that hour in my day where I knew I was doing something for myself Yes, it was great physically and it's great exercise, but mentally it gave me that hour to really tune into the present. And then that carries through that present piece carries through. And I do way better in terms of work after I've done white eye right. because I'm free. Your mind's free from all the cobwebs and all the things that have been trapping you. And then the third C is certainty. So that relates to like self-belief. And I came up with some strategies to build self-belief. I think this piece, the big learning there was I was waiting for my company or I was waiting for someone else to come in and give me the training. And I think, you know, go back a few years and it was almost like I knew I wanted to give more to the world. I wanted to do something purposeful. I wanted to create a business and work for myself and do all these different things. I just didn't know how, but also I wasn't doing anything to produce those results. Like I literally was saying, I want this, but I'm not willing to even pick up a self-help books even i didn't know any self-help gurus or right. understand that you could do this for yourself that there's courses out there online that if you want to succeed and you want these things you it's you you don't have to wait for other people or your company or or be a victim around my company should be sending me on great training courses and you know it's you can go and do that you can invest in yourself and that's when i discovered the mba and then from there i discovered actually let's let's apply this to all other areas and right, I'm not feeling too confident around X, Y, or Z, right, I'll go and take a course in that. And then you grow through that experience. So definitely understanding that you or me, I can control the outcome of your own self-belief and then putting some strategies in place so that you do that again on a daily consistent basis. It's not ad hoc. You're not doing it once and then going, I did a course a year ago and now I've forgotten it. It's, it's everyday podcasts, inspirational podcasts like yourself, um, having that playing through your ears, reading books, doing courses, signing up. There's so much out there. 
that you can learn from people like Ryan Serhant. He's yeah. got a Sell It Like Serhant course. You can sign up. It's $500. It's not it's not expensive for yeah. the value that you're going to get. And he's someone that does over a billion dollars of sales every year, right? And so if you can get time with him, if you were to sit down on a one-on-one, the value of that time, this is that time. Right. And you join his group and then you're part of that group and you do monthly calls and, you know, he's actually done an endorsement of Be The Lie in the book. And there's certain yeah. things that come out of that that are, they're just phenomenal. And they're, they're things that you wouldn't expect from investing in yourself. But also then applying that to my own sales right. has obviously boosted my own sales. And and so you don't need to wait in this world of 2020 to, to get ahead in that way right. and to plug the gap that you think is missing in your own life. And the final thing was, so I wrote these three sections of the book, the um, creation, the conditioning, the certainty, and then it just wasn't feeling like it was done, like there was something missing. And like I said, I burned out, I burned myself out even in the book process writing of it. And I was burning the candles at both ends. I was trying to do everything. And obviously it was a hugely stressful time with a lot going on. And I realized the thing that had been missing was connection to the universe. So the spirituality side of things, it, that in itself holds all the other three C's together right? because it feeds all of those things. So listening to your inner voice, listening to that inner self and learning to let go of the problem and give it to the universe and to a higher power and rely on that higher power is so, so important. And I've been ignoring that. I've been ignoring that for years. And that was the piece that was missing because that piece allows you to know what to say no to and to have confidence into saying no to some, to some friends, to saying no to some events, to turn down things because you understand that yourself, your inner peace is more important, that your gut's telling you right now you need to rest right now. You need to rejuvenate right now. You need to go and do that course online because that is your bigger goal, not necessarily going to the cinema. But if we don't have that guide and we don't listen to that guide and we don't learn to tune into that, we're scattered again. And so all of these things, the other three C's get lost and the process becomes a lot harder. So so connection to yourself and to a higher power is the glue that holds the the three of the four C's together. And why, in your opinion, did you feel you were ignoring the connection part? Was there a specific reason for that? Yeah, I think I didn't value myself i didn't value that voice inside that said you're struggling or i didn't value that voice inside that said actually you know you could do with a workout right now or you're eating rubbish food right now like it it was more like what's easy what's quick and how can we do 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 all the time you just need to keep going you just need to and that only works for so many levels of success when you want to get to like really prop like top top success and you want to feel like you have control and that you are really taking care of your journey that's where you need the connection to come through because there are some problems that you can't solve yourself right Right. they're bigger than you and you need to be able to hand them off to the universe and let that go to be able to come back to let the answers come through and then to be able to listen and respond uh in the same way right was there a, was there a, I know I keep hopping on this topic of connection, but it sounds very interesting from what, what you're explaining it uh, or how you're explaining it. Was there like a, for lack of a better phrase, come to Jesus moment where you sort of heard, you know, you decided that, you know, 
now's the time where I need to listen to trust my gut instinct almost to listen to my body, to my mind, to my soul to make those changes. Was there any trigger point or was it just a realization over the years? No, I think definitely. I think there's certain patterns of behavior and certain, there's definitely a, a point where it's like D-Day in your mind and you know you need to make changes and you are completely exhausted. There's nothing left in the tank. Your energy levels have, they're not even plateauing. They're, they're, you're running on fumes and you're exhausted. And for me, it was that point where I had to break down to that level to then be able to be completely at a loss to realize I couldn't carry on my own all of the different parts of what I was trying to pull off right. together. Um, and yeah, yeah, it definitely happened where I needed to become silent. So I almost had to silence myself, silence, get to the point where I was at the end of the road with what I'd been trying to then say there has to be something more. And then through coaches like Gabrielle Bernstein and like books like Manifest Now through Idol Ahmed, like they're really beautifully written books that I think they guide you back to the road that you should be on and learning to manifest and learning to get involved with that energy inside yeah. because there's, if there's something I've learned being in sales, but just generally through be the lion, like be the lion is all about taking courage, but to have courage, it's the energy that you put out into the world that exactly. then comes back to you. So if you're running on fumes and you're putting out fumes, you're only going to get fumes back in your face. And it was that type of interplay between energy that I hadn't understood. Yeah. And then the fact that like when you become more spiritually aligned to those energies, you start to get not, not necessarily voices, but you start to get intuition and you start to hear yourself again and you start to hear the universe again and situations open up in a way that you would never believe before and your mindset changes. And then right. because of that, you become, you know, one of the biggest things I would say is actually when you're overwhelmed, it's better to start focusing on what you can give. So being, I do that right by smiling, right? If I change just something simple like a smile i look happy i then approach the person selling me a coffee with with joy literally i'm 10 times more likely to have something amazing it happened yesterday i went into the fullerton bay hotel sat down i really needed to to do some writing for a blog post that i need to get back to um to a publication on time and i needed a seat and the, the place that I'd, I'd specifically thought i could write this quietly wasn't open because it's you know it was booked out for a, a dinner and right. so i needed to find somewhere to sit but everywhere i sat or could find to sit there was just there was people chatting it was too loud and it, i was getting more and more frustrated with this situation because i paid money to come to this venue to to get what i needed to get done and i needed to get back to put my baby to bed and this was the time i had allocated and so just by changing the mindset of how i was and this is a it's a very simple example but switching to a smile switching to that energy of that warmth and that what can i give to this situation and these people around me the hostess picked up on that and you know she looked to see if there was a seat available that, that could suit my needs and there wasn't unfortunately they were all booked out and as we got down and i was like instead of reacting to that and being like oh, of course everything's booked out and this is this why can't you find this for me which is a victim mentality which yeah. is very easy to step into yes. when you're under pressure i was like look no you've done fantastic you, you you know i'll absolutely make this work i'll go and sit on that table over there and i'm sure i can you know put my headphones in and make it work knowing in my mind maybe i couldn't but i'd go i'd give it a go and by choosing to give it a go 
the woman actually, the hostess saw another table that was exactly like the one I wanted. And bear in mind, I wanted one with a lot of space and probably was asking for a lot by saying, can I take four of your best seats and a big table? <laughs> oh, and with a, with a view of Marina Bay Sands would be great. But, you know, like I want to be in the right environment to do my work, right? And right. I knew that that was going to be it because I can do my best thinking. And therefore, anyway, the, the next part was she spotted that opportunity. She's like, look, let me, let me go do something. Let me go get, I'm going to go get that table. I'm going to clear it. We're going to make it happen. We went over and then from there, I was like, oh, she was like, oh, we just shut down the menu. And I, I was hungry because I hadn't eaten all day and I'd been, you know, running around. And um, so she's like, um, we've shut down the menu. Sorry, you're not going to get anything. She went back in the scenes and actually found me four scones that were complimentary, brought me some tea and uh, set up all the situations. So it was absolutely a beautiful situation that came out of. Like it came from nowhere, if you see what I mean. Like, it, and I managed to write for two hours, get the article done, have a have an amazing experience that would have yeah. been better than the one I wanted, yeah. much much better, and all for free, and make a relationship with the hostess. Now I can go back anytime. We all remember that moment. You know, give her a copy of my book, and it starts to flow again. And that's right. the flow and the energy I'm talking about in a very basic way. That if you can apply to the bigger situations, so the stressful situations where someone actually is causing confrontation or there's someone at work that is not seeing eye to eye with you or you know, proper difficult situations. If you apply that same energy, you will actually put that out to the world. And, and over time, that's what you'll start to, to get back. Right. And so I see that happening a lot, especially with giving. I think it's yeah. truly important. That's a, that's a wonderful uh, example. I might add, because you know, oftentimes, uh, especially to service staff, you see people feeling like, you know, because they paid for a service, you know, they 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 are supposed to get this, this and this. Yeah. But oftentimes we forget that there's also a human being on the other side. And, you know, energy begets energy, right? Yeah. So if you treat them well, you know, they understand that um, on top of the service they provide, I mean, they also feel that it's important to be just as nice to you and to you know, reach out and almost fulfill that human connection, so to speak. Really That's like exactly that. it. That's ex you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. Another, another thing, and our, our common friend Justin uh, brought hmm. this up about uh, your, 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 what I would like to say is a great story with Ryan Serhan. And this is a perfect example of that certainty component of your four C's. Um, and I want, and I want you to probably tell this story because I think it's a good example for our listeners to really, to really understand that if you take action, mm. this is what can happen. So is it okay if you share that story? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, around trying to create opportunity in your life and part of what my wife and I had been doing was when we lived in Sydney, Australia, we'd been living in a little, a little unit, very small studio for five years and it was tight, it was cramped. We were hustling every weekend and one of the programs we kept watching was Million Dollar Listing and it was something that we bonded over. It was kind of like our, our guilty pleasure. We would we'd do a, a day of work on the weekends. We'd be working on our side businesses and then we would connect at the end of the day and watch Million Dollar Listing and it's something that I knew would really speak to Sandra uh, and I um, at the end of a day and we could wind down. And so Ryan became you know, part of our lives in a way and we watch him grow through his career and i wanted and to ryan sahan is the host of million dollar Listing. he's the the host of million dollar listing new york right so 
part of what I wanted to do for Sandra was go to New York for her 40th birthday. And I wanted to create an experience where I could ideally have dinner with, have, have a dinner planned and then Ryan would turn up, sit down and, and we could all have dinner together right. and maybe bring his wife and his baby. And it would be quite, quite fun. Right. Um, and it would be almost like this situation that you could create something that was unbelievable that was happening for us. That would be an experience as well as other things throughout that. And I think that's what I've tried to do um, in both books is, is bring that uh, situation to light. Um, my motto is believe it is possible. So I, uh, spent a number of days and, and weeks trying to get in contact with Ryan about how we could make this happen. I, I'm always looking for opportunities about seeing different things and opportunities to to go for it. And I think one of the things I saw was a post that came out around if you buy X amount of books, I think it was 100 or 200. He'd, he'd learned, he launched his book, it was 500 or 1000. It was a lot of books and he'd launched his book and he, he was trying to drum up sales um, if you do this, you can have like a private session with me. And I think he was obviously anticipating a, that no one would really go for it or, um, that I, someone's living in Singapore necessarily wouldn't go for it. Um, yeah. anyway, I ended up, I'm in an because that is a, a pretty big investment when you're talking about, um, buying a hundred books and then getting them shipped from the U S to Singapore. <laughs> and then what would you do with Ryan Sohan's books yeah. to then, distribute them but i thought i could give them out as gifts and it would be a good good you know value to to people in the world anyway because i'm a big believer of the content in the book and i think there's a lot i've learned from that as well so i ended up putting the order through submitting that and then having the books ordered come through and arranging like i had to have faith that this was real right i think that's that's the the part of all of it i wasn't sure that if i spent this money ordered these books to my house that actually it would actually happen in this way and how many books did you order if you don't mind me asking it went i think in the end it went up to about 200 books to to secure this sit down right and then the next part of it is that i was able to align the dates with ryan and align his calendar and align his well you you meet all of his team and what what formed out of this is another journey as i'm sure you knew that this was coming but essentially like through that i built a relationship with most of his team because they were trying to coordinate diaries he's a very busy person and i needed it to happen on a specific day because we were only going to be in new york for a few few days so it was through that i built a relationship and then through that i got more into his content and more deeply connected with his production team and so when another thing came out to um i think he was doing something around if you sign up to the course i will record you a message for real estate and so i obviously really love ryan's content i'd sent him a number of my books and i wanted him to to pick one up right so i knew that they were in his office so i was i was saying well i was emailing the guys like can i sign up to your course and would you not do one about real estate would you record me a message about a book because i've been sending them and and from there that became a new adventure of what is possible in this situation and i thought about um really just going for it so sign up to the course and i think from this perspective it was less of a financial investment at this point because i wanted to do the course it was more around can i convince the team which is a different team 
that this would be something that we could do together and there's there's value in that. I mean, the next stage will be can Ryan come on my podcast? Can yeah. you know, and we build from there. But it's just about taking small steps that align. So having the vision that you want to create and then seeing an opportunity and then turning that opportunity that might not look like something how it's packaged but it's actually a stepping stone to get you to the next place and the next place and the next place. Anyway, lo and behold, a couple of months ago, I was sitting and a video came through and it was of Ryan holding Be The Lion, recording me a personal wow. message saying, you know, he's reading the books. He really rates it. Like it was, it was like the, one of the most unbelievable things that have happened this, this year, just to be able to get that time with him again and to actually connect with something that we're, both got in common we've both got books out into the world we're both right. helping to coach other people and i'd say even a even in another experience that goes on to that like was wh smith so the book is in changi airport mm -hmm. and that experience was also one of those times where you're manifesting through the joy of other people and being joyful and obviously wh smith being from, i'm from the uk it's a huge book chain in the uk it's um it's quite difficult to, to, you need to sell millions of books to get your book in there. And right. I, I know this, um, but I thought I'll give myself a little challenge here. I was flying out to Hong Kong and I had some, what I called dead time. I had half an hour and I was like, All right, I've got a copy of this book, Art of Negotiation. I'm going to go and go and talk to WH Smith. They're a great company. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I've grown up with them. So I was, this is awesome. Let's airports are great. People are, right, you know, right. need to have time to buy books and, and so I went and queued up and <laughs> I went and um, got to the front of the queue and I met the woman at the counter and I said, all right, I'm a local author. And this is my book and I'm very excited about it. And I would love to see, you know, how can we make this book get into your store? And of course she's like, um, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying here. Like, how can you put your book in our store? And I was like, yeah, how can we, how can we do this? Like, I, I want to know how does it happen? How can we? And so, she was like, look, I'm definitely not who you need to talk to. You need to go to this other store on the other side of the terminal and you need to find this manager. And that's the next stage for you. And again, like time's ticking. Before I left the store, I actually put the book up on the first number one spot in <laughs> um, the nonfiction yeah. spots. And I took a picture and I was like, you know, create the vision. This is cool. Like, yeah. this is where we want it to be. I'll put it up there. And, you know, for myself, it's it's kind of a good goal. And then I went and raced across because obviously I had a flight to get and I had another job to do, which was go to Hong Kong for, yeah. for work. And then um, got to the other store, queued up again, got to the front and I said, look, I've been sent by the uh, WH Smiths on the other side of the terminal. So this is a change there in how you move through the phases in your own mind. So you haven't just start the conversation again. You've actually been directed to the new WH Smith with a purpose. And the purpose is, is to discuss with the mind, the manager, how we get this book into the store. And so that happened. And after a lot of cajoling, the manager came out who, you know, if they're busy people, they don't need some random pitching up, trying to pitch them yeah. a, a book on how to, how to get it in their shop. Um, and I explained it. I said, look, I, I think it's the energy. And if you can connect on a human level, they can see what you're trying to do. And it, it becomes a lot more around the value that you can offer. And potentially it's a mutual relationship there. Right, um, right. And from there, they then actually I said, look, can you just do me one favor and I'll leave this copy of the book. Can you make sure it gets to the buyer? And if they can get to the buyer, then, you know, I'm happy and you know, they told me who the distributors were and they'd given me a lot of information on how it actually works, which was my main goal. Yeah. And then from there, 
it was about you know following up on that and me being persistent so i was following up the distributors and following up with you know, to uncover how this actually would work and believe that it might work so i think again like the ryan thing this is all about believing that it can happen in the first place and not kind of being your own worst enemy and doubting it just because it seems absurd right. and then lo and behold the buyer who is an awesome person liked the book liked what we were trying to do and actually put in an order for a few books to see how it would go and then from there the relationships have been going back and forth and the orders have grown and things with wh smith have been going from strength to strength and they actually invited me in and changi airport to go and do the first ever author meet and greet wow so i know it so it's like it's been such a phenomenal year which has all come and now my book is actually both books are at number three and four in the business charts in wh smith so they've been selling through really really well so it's like this it's this thing that not only is it cool to have had people come on board with your journey also because you come on board with your own journey and you push yourself to be courageous and to go into situations that you do feel a bit uncomfortable with like i did feel uncomfortable buying four thousand dollars worth of the same book and having the same book delivered but what that could lead to and at a time when i didn't have four thousand dollars to spend and it's the same when you know you go and you you stand in front of a counter and say (laughs) <laughs> I have this product. I'd really love to put it in your store, but I know I need to sell a million books to to be in your store or more. Like, yeah. why would we do this kind of thing? If you believe the doubts, yeah, you're you're agreeing with doubt and fear and unknown. If you're actually saying no, I believe in I believe in this is possible, and that's that's my motto. And yeah. as I've mentioned, like if you do that, that's where you start to activate that energy and you start to humanize it. And that energy is what can carry you through to connect with other people. And when they connect with your energy and you connect most importantly with their energy, that's when you can start to create synergies. Uh, I'd like to pick your brain, I guess, uh, based on that. Um, so if, and I think it'd be good to have an example as well. So let's say um, this is my podcast. Uh, you know, I have a few dream people I would like to interview. How do I How do set you- in motion that creation and that certainty to, 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 to get to those guys to even consider? Oh yeah, yeah, I think I think I I mean obviously like I'm I've still got a few on my hit list as well. Like I'm sure, there's yeah. there's the big Tony and there's uh, Richard Branson and there's right. a few others that are, that are there still waiting in the wings that I need <laughs> yeah. to get to. But it's about how you can help them achieve their goals as well. So it's not coming into it saying, "Look, if you came on my podcast, it would really help me." It's about how could so what do those people care about? How can you help facilitate? what they care about, share their message. And I think Chase Jarvis, who is you know founder of Creative Calling, if you've read his new book, it's, read it. it's very, very good. Um, I recommend it. He, he talks about if you're consistently sharing his or anyone's message that you're inspired by, if you're consistently sharing that with your network and you're promoting that message and you're embodying who and you understand what their goals are, they're more likely to interact with you and then you develop a relationship. And once you develop a relationship, you can switch it to that. And, and also Gary, Gary V talks about this as well. It's like yeah. jab, 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 right hook. You, you don't ask straight away. Right. You're not going in there with an ask. You're going in there with a add value, add value, add value, maybe ask a request. It's the same with consumers. Same with, so it's, it's also about coming up with innovative ways to get across what you're trying to do. Right. And so it's not just, um, yeah, it's, it's being bold enough to go and do that, 
but it's not just kind of making the request it's how you make the request and what you could do to stand out because it is a competitive world and there's a lot of people who are wanting their time exactly and it's also put yourself in the position so go to their events sign up to the backstage vip stuff get through the first few barriers fly to an event where they're going to be at be at the, if they're in singapore go to the hotel find out where they're staying and create that moment for the exchange so i do a lot of that piece as well when i know that they're going to be in singapore yeah i, I do go and look for richard branson because i know he's going to be at one of his virgin gyms yeah, yeah. and it's probably going to be marina bay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like it's just what time right and yeah. so increase the chances that you will see him like the world is great anyway because you've got instagram you've got all these ways to kind of know where things are happening but don't believe that just because these people are mobbed by people or they've got security that you can't create that moment or that opportunity to have your 10 minutes or 20 minutes or your phone call or time with with them Got it. but you do need to the way to do it is to is to again like connect to the bigger vision and goal it can't right. just be i need this for me it has to be and like like it is in, in all yeah. in all parts it's true and um just to to bring that a little bit further let's say um you know Tim, you have your own podcast up and running. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know Richard Branson's gonna be at that Virgin Gym. Yeah. You go there. You found him. He's there. He's a- how do you how do you communicate that you can provide some value to to his brand and his message? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think firstly, it would have already started, really, before I'm rocking up to that gym and saying, So I would want the people in the Virgin Gym to know the value that I have provided to either promote Virgin Gym or not just Virgin Gym, but Richard's message. And so becoming an ambassador. So can you become an ambassador for, he does a lot of work with the elders, which is a, a charity that looks after specific world issues. So are there issues here that you can highlight to to Richard Branson that he might want to, to, to look at? Or are there ways that you can support the local community that you can then feed in to Virgin and get Virgin aligned with? So there's ways like that. Like he's obviously big in entrepreneurship. Is there, are there talks or things that you can invite him to while he's in Singapore that might actually genuinely interest him that aren't necessarily related to my podcast that I'm going to do, but they are interested and good things that he might want to go to because he might want to invest in those companies. And so it's like having that link between what actually genuinely will light his fire. Right. And and showing value before you get there, going prepared, so then you don't spend. I think the mistake people make is they go in and then they get they get the thing happens that they want, and then they they haven't got anything prepared. So then they get their moment and it goes past really really fast, and then yeah. they don't know what the questions are. So having that nailed because that helps you make your request more succinct, it, and and then also being able to articulate that in the moment is very that is the key part because I think you have to be okay with not getting it and in right. not getting it in being okay with not getting it you're actually more likely to get it and so it's this reverse way of actually the universe providing for you right. in a way that you could never anticipate much like the example yesterday just sitting on the seats like it, it just things that you aren't able to control happen when you allow yourself to give out the right energy right so it's almost it's almost being as valuable to them as you would as you would like them to be f- for you. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think I think it's also understanding their situation and understanding who they are and what they've got going on and respect to what what do you actually need from this? And then how can you make that fit their situation? Do you actually need an hour with them? Or could it be done over video? And all you actually need in this interaction is to give them a business card or a, a an article that you wrote or a, a gift or a introduction to someone else or is there that that could happen or are you gonna do you find that richard branson is on a flight specifically does that a lot can you get a seat on that flight and then go hey richard i actually just booked a seat on this flight to have this 15 minute chat with you at the toilets on the plane (laughs) you know that kind of yeah that's the stuff you need to create because i know that that's going to appeal to his personality because that's the way that's what he would have done right and it's that if you can apply that to the people that you're trying to meet and you can think like them, you can start to, to really get into, into their world. And and that's where it starts to flow. Got it. That's really valuable. Um, so back to the topic on, you know, being overwhelmed and maintaining order. Um, would you, what would you recommend to someone who's feeling overwhelmed and, mm. you know, by insurmountable tasks in order to get them more organized and maintain order within their whole workflow yeah definitely i think i think it's it really does go back to what we've we've been discussing around seeking positivity and fun so albert einstein you know he's very famous for saying you can't solve the problem with the same level of consciousness that created it so in that respect overwhelm is very much the same like you're not going to solve it with the same thinking as you did so you need to break that cycle by going out and proactively seeking fun so if if you are getting stressed out by a task if you are overwhelmed and things keep coming and you're not able to detach from that you need to physically remove and go and do something fun like go for a swim go for a run go out in nature go see the abundance of the world and i know that can be so difficult to do when you've got multiple problems ever you know i can't do that i've got messages coming through my phones ringing off the hook emails are coming in i need to get back to all of these things so i think go out and proactively seek the fun i think the next piece of this that we haven't discussed yet is the eisenhower decision matrix so really understanding which tasks are actually important right. and do you need to do them all because not all of them are important so there's the way this works is there's four quadrants there's urgent and important that's the first quadrant so that's things like crises, deadlines, you know, you've got to put out the fires. You need to, you need to get on and solve these things, but it isn't where you want to be spending your time. Like this is, this is not a good place to be, but they do need to be addressed. So that's things that are happening right now. And you know, you, they're unavoidable. There's a deadline. You have to get that back by a certain time or there's someone's quit and you need to deal with that. So that's something that needs addressing. Then you've got, urgent and not well urgent and not important which we discussed then you've got not important and urgent they're things that you honestly yeah they're things like emails meetings they're things that you know they tend they have a tendency to crop up a lot in our daily work lives and sometimes you know we assume that we've got to get back to every email and there's this expectation and it goes back to what i was saying before about technology and the fact that like we're letting all of these things control and dictate our time and the uncontrollable element is making us feel a bit more worried about the unknown, which is then feeding our self belief, not being there. And then it's all spiraling out of control because all of these things are coming into our lives and we're letting all these things happen. Right. 
instead of just going, is this not important? But it seems urgent, but is it not important? Can it wait? Like, can do I need to have a one hour meeting or can I have a 10 minute meeting? Can we get to the bottom of this or do I need a meeting at all? Can it be done over the phone? Can it be done? And then emails, like you'll find that like some problems tend to solve themselves. They're not all needing your attention right now. And so being able to deal with overwhelm is about understanding where into which quadrant the task that is overwhelming you fits. And then the place where you really want to spend your time is important, but not urgent. So 60% of your time should be spent on important tasks like strategy, planning, business analysis, building relationships. That's where you should be spending your time in your day. If you can spend your time on important tasks, but they're not yet urgent, because these things will move into the urgent basket if they're left undealt with. So what you want to be doing is spending 60% of your time building relationships, focusing on your health, fitness, focusing on your food and nutrition. They're important, but they're not urgent. And so if you do that, it then allows you to build the foundation, which you can then put your life on top. And there, from there, you can start to, to succeed. It's a bit like... When you're driving a car, when you learn to drive a car and it's a manual car, there's a lot going on in the car. You're moving the gear stick, you're driving the steering wheel, you're looking out in the mirror. There's, you know, How do we do it all at once? But over time, you learn to automate all of that. And it's the same with the stuff in the important and not urgent cycle is that you can do a lot of things like eating well right. once you learn what eating well looks like. And then you can automate it. Same as going and exercising. Once you automate it, you shouldn't be thinking, shall I go to the gym? It's just, you're going to the gym. It's seven o'clock. That's what you do. And so that doing back to my four C's, the things in each box of the four C's, so creation, conditioning, certainty, and connection. Once you do those things in an automated habitual fashion consistently on a daily basis, you can then step up to the next level, right? Because you've got that really strong base that's balanced. It's not skewed to each one of those C's. And so that's where you can start to then go, right, I'm starting to do a lot now. My life is looking a lot more manageable. Therefore, my goals, my successes, my dreams can start to facilitate because all of these things feed into those. And so the last box is really, it's not important and not urgent. And this is things like distractions. So Facebook, WhatsApp, news things that actually you know are you actually busy yes you might be you might be busy but you might be busy doing four hours of facebook instagram netflix (laughs) on the tube or on the bus like all of these different things that are making you feel busy which are then actually if you just eliminated these things for the day and just saw how much more time you got back and then put that time into the box where you're actually meant to be spending the time, which is like the the important, not urgent box. Yeah. And you actually focus, you can get so much more done and then you can feel growth and progress and feel fulfilled. And then that cycle starts pulling you out of overwhelm and up back into the positive energy that you want to be putting out to the world. Got it. So that's, that's where you need to be. Right. And to your point, I just have an additional question because yeah, I, I suppose that, you know, like, knowing they're not not important because I, I actually use this decision matrix in in my day-to-day life and uh, they're not important not urgent is something i fall victim to i mean i, I waste a lot of time on instagram and all this yes yeah, but, but, <laughs> so, absolutely yeah. but i think it's it's the um it's the other parts you know like where the things that you classify as you know perhaps uh 
uh, important but not urgent or oh, oh sorry urgent but maybe not as important you know like for example meetings with your colleagues and stuff how do you say i mean it, it's tough because you've quali- classified them in this quadrant but they may not have you know, they might see it as absolutely, a yeah, yeah. How do you kind of navigate those situations? I know it's it's a very good. Um, and Tim Ferriss would say, "You just don't go. You literally <laughs> don't go to the meeting. You have to." That's what Tim Ferriss's answer would be. You you just don't go. You need to be sick. You need to be. You just don't show up. And then over time, people realize because you're delivering on your sales numbers or you're delivering on your job and you're executing that actually, no, we can. This person can, but you're training that behavior. So, but it means that you have to actually be, yeah. be nailing it in the success side and obviously you know, it's not always possible to control certain elements now what i would say is again another lesson that i've learned is around taking control of the situation that you put yourself in the first place so if it is a very rigid structure or an organization that isn't going to allow you to not respond to emails in within a two-hour time frame or attend 10 different meetings internally a week that you know are only you know they're not having a maximum effect maybe your mindset, maybe your growth that you've experienced has actually grown you out of that culture. And so part of it is saying, is this cultural fit right for me? Or is there, do I need to be in a place where I I can thrive? And so that's what, that's definitely what I found in my career. Um, Having flexibility and the freedom to be able to execute at a high level but to make those decisions about what my time is is worth spending on right and, and having that discipline and also have that responsibility to be able to say right no this is where i need to spend my time during my day and and you know this meeting is not valuable like we don't i don't need to be there or that having that autonomy is is important to me but that has also led me to make certain choices and you know as, as you know that that does feed into certain elements and you have to make sacrifices for that to maybe get a job that um will allow you to do that but it's about recognizing what's going to allow you to thrive overall to produce your goals the second point is i would address it uh organizations are becoming more aware of you know the need for time management for effectiveness and the way that you can suggest that people want to save time it's effectively so you could actually take charge of the situation that's what i was saying like another way to to solve overwhelm is to take charge and responsibility so instead of just being victim where these things are happening for to you and you've got no way of changing it actually suggesting a new way of doing meetings that actually allows them to be more effective is going to help the organization obviously people don't necessarily like change but over time once they see seeing the benefits of it you actually become seen internally as someone who comes up with great ideas is pushing the organization forward to produce and more more productive so there's that suppose, side of things and i suppose during during that process just having that a healthy communication process you know in terms of explaining your rationale or reason for you know not seeing this meeting as important or or not feeling like this procedure is important because in terms of efficiency you know you've shown that you can do it regardless of this meeting or this procedure i think i think it's a it definitely has to be handled with empathy that conversation is not an easy one to handle and just you going in there and saying i've highlighted this meeting is a complete waste of time (laughs) is not going to go down uh too well and I, i think it's more around how you articulate with empathy and understanding about that and actually demonstrate where the value is and where you can be producing your results and and obviously 
understanding if there's meetings that can be cut out completely or emails that can be left like it is your own part of that is your own ability to let people understand what you will tolerate if you're always picking up the phone at 10 p.m at night to clients and colleagues then they're going to keep doing that because you've accepted that as part of what you've said i'm okay to pick up the phone if you're not responding they'll they'll get the message eventually and they'll stop going they'll go to someone else so there is a responsibility there as well i'd say as well with that like part of it with overwhelm is also understanding what's the next right action to take so the reason i think we get overwhelmed is because we're focusing on what's unknown and what's out of our control and it's the combination of these things that start to form major major like dissonance between where we want to be and what's happening and so by bringing it back from not like the big picture and i like like yesterday even yesterday as i said i had a pretty crazy day i had a lot to get done uh through it through a dentist appointment in there as well Uh, just just to make it (laughs) um and and it was a hectic day and it's just by taking it back to the basics and writing down hour by hour what i need to get done what are the things i'd love to get done today and another list and then right 9 30 you're doing this 10 30 you're doing this 11 30 you're having this call you've got this meeting then you're going here so you can just see clear get it down onto paper and then you can start to break the problem down so it's you know breaking the, the day down into its consecutive hours and then focusing on the hour ahead of you and do and focus is important here right so being present with what you've got to do in front of you for that hour do it well do it to the best of your ability, then move to the next hour. Not looking at the whole day or the whole week or how am I going to do all these things and really rejigging that if if you need to, if something drops out or a meeting changes or a, a priority changes within those four quadrants, rejig your plan because stuff does change. So be adaptable, but at the same time, have a plan, get out of your head. And I did this a lot. I learned this when I was doing the MBA. So before we had Levi, our baby, I realized I wanted to, I wanted to be around a, a lot more and, and the MBA obviously took a lot of time because I was sales director at a company I was doing MBA full time and you know it took up weekends and things so I real I went I went for it I did three modules at the same time MBA plus work and what that meant was in each each module is 160 hours worth of of work so it meant that for 8 weeks straight I had some I was I was either at work or at university so I was getting up 6 a.m. and getting home at midnight for for 56 days in a row. No wow. no days off doing three subjects with, you know, MBA subjects with you know teams that wanted me to be a part of that team. They're not just wanting a, someone to come on and be a free rider. And and so about week four or five, that's when it really started to grind on me. And I, I, I honestly, I wanted to quit and just say, I can't do, I need to drop back to two modules or this is just, you know, not happening. Like going into it, I'd realized, you know, I wouldn't have a social life. Work might have to take a backseat in week seven and eight because there's presentations. It's, it's going to require me to be working on the MBA. And so therefore I might need to take a few hours of leave or I need to, I need to outsource and delegate and, you know, make sure that I'm being consistent with what I'm trying to achieve here. Right. By week four or five, mentally, the mental toughness side kicked in and I was like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to quit. Right. And so, but after talking to my wife, like she's, she's a big believer in the phrase, how do you eat an elephant? Which is you know, little by little, piece by piece. And it's the, it was the same. She was reminding me that I'm with some amazing people. I've got some amazing people in my team. And even if 
I just go and I be with those people. If I be, I can elevate my mindset to be around those people and, and learn from them. That's, that's the goal, right? It's not just getting to the end of this eight weeks and I just need to get to the end of the day. And so that was what I was doing. I was, I was literally day by day. Can I get to the end of this day? Can I get to the end of this hour? Can I get to the end of this session right now? Where do I need to be? And just planning each day to, to the minute sometimes so that that would flow through, but also understanding that, you know, not accepting other events. Like I can't be at two things at once. I can't, yes, it's sunny outside and everyone's at the beach cause it was in Sydney. Yeah. And you know, I want to be there. My emotions really want me to be sat on right, the beach, right. but not giving, not letting your brain kind of give in to your emotions and letting the, letting the kind of, I was doing this so that I could then be, be free with my son when he was born yeah. and have the pressure of the NBA done. So that's the main goal going back to my why. And so that was why taking the next right action has been a really big lesson for me when it comes to when I find overwhelm creeping in and then taking ownership of the situation. So uncovering more information, what is it that you don't know? Because again, that's the unknown. And that's why I really think that you know, this cage that has trapped us lions in yeah. of overwhelm, it, it, you can burst through the cage. If you just take the next right action, find out more about the situation, slowly you start to uncover the unknown, which then, allows the overwhelm anxiety to dissipate the fears to dissipate we start to gain more control and our thinking and our energy comes back and and from there you learn to trust yourself Got it. i think ultimately in singapore there's 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 two types of people i really really admire one are those who travel from malaysia to singapore for work wow and, yeah yeah i mean that takes a lot and two are those who take classes while they're at work so you know just the fact that you did your MBA while you were doing, I would say, quite a quite a high stress job, sales. I mean, it's never that easy. Um, I have a lot of admiration, but I also have one question: How do you maintain your emotional well being during that period? Because it might take, it probably takes a lot out of you, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it goes back to attitude, hundred percent attitude. So how you show up in your in your mind. I think you go, so I, I spend a lot of time, I learned to meditate through this time. So there's a few apps that you can use like Calm and Headspace. And for me, my meditation came back for podcasts. So it, it came back to YouTube videos and podcasts. If I wake up in the morning, it's 5 a.m. And, and I do, because it, it taught me to get up early because that's when, again, I do my best work like you can get ahead of the day right and then you have those small wins so i will start the day by writing for like that's what i love to do for and that's obviously i'm an author that's but it's creativity and and if i get that done it's a small win for the day so whatever happens from that point onwards i've already achieved the thing that's going to fulfill me i've pushed that out into the world and then the next part is is actually spending some time with the content, so either meditating, listening to inspirational podcasts whilst we're working out. So you do right. that together because then you're you're actually doubling down on time. And then maybe you go and spend 15, 20 minutes just getting quiet, getting centered, then work through your plan. So plan out the day, plan out what you want to get done, then hit the day. And before so you've had like quite a few wins and you're feeling ready to go. And then if things start going a bit crazy in the day and it's not going the way you want. That's where you need to interject and create these these pods of time 
And and I think that's where you have you time and you need you need to try and step out of the office, get 10 minutes, go and just try and get present. Listen to a song that makes you feel joy inside. And then when you feel that joy, I'd say something that you should try to do to keep emotionally consistent is is actually try and help other people. Right. So if you can go through your day, you open the door for someone, you press the green light for someone, you uh, allow someone to go first, like all these little things add up and you start to help people. You give $10 to someone on the street. Like all of the, honestly, all of these things happen Yeah. and they come back to you in droves but because you're giving out that good energy and you're, you're actually nourishing yourself and then you're nourishing your own internal because you, you were able to, you can't give what you don't have. That's right. And yeah. so if you give love to yourself, you'll give, you're able to give love out. And it's just this virtuous circle that then you start valuing yourself more. And I think, I think it's also important to recognize when you're not loving yourself more and that can manifest in many, many different ways. Things like when you've got a lot on, not paying for a cab for yourself when you need to, when you've got a lot of things on, but you 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 operate with a mindset of this is something we can't do yeah. right now. And rather than saying, I'm trying to do a lot here. Actually, this would speed up my day and it means I can do this now because I've got that time back and that time, that meditation time, or I can meditate in the cab on the way to that meeting or going home quickly, you, realizing the pockets of time that you can get back for yourself to invest in yourself to then allow you to give that's the cycle that you want to get into. And and, and so outsourcing and having guilt around outsourcing tasks is a big piece I talk about in the book because it's an old school way where I think we think that we have to cope on our own and we have to, we have to go out into the world and we have to do it all ourselves. And the world just isn't like that anymore. It's, it's around how can you outsource the tasks that fit into that box that you need to either eliminate or to, to manage so that you can then get on and do the stuff that you should be focusing on. Right. Yeah, that's that's really important. And I'm also mindful of your time. So I just want to ask this last question. It's a perfect segue to what you just brought up because you've, you've unpacked a lot here on how we can handle, you know, this overwhelm and, and kind of take control of our time. What would you recommend uh, be it a task or a strategy so that we can, at the very least, you know, start get cracking and, you know, get ourselves the momentum to achieve all that we want to achieve yeah that's that's an awesome finishing question um i think first first of all believe it is possible being the i love mo- that motto, the motto. The way, i must i must say that like if you start with that especially when things have gone sour or wrong or not how you expected that that has helped me so many times and then secondly coming back to that you know, i had to be the lion to get through these situations and being the lion to me now that has taken on a new meaning of sometimes it is about just taking a few seconds to breathe deeply four seconds in eight seconds out and just allowing myself to have that time to be able to then get centered to then be able to do the best work and and because every so much of what we do is controlled by the decisions that we make and if we make decisions in the moment they then actually causes the next problem versus just taking the time for ourselves to go, hang on a minute. You know, how can I do less, achieve more, and make more effective decisions? So, I think really bringing it back back to those, and then actually just being joyful, like being grateful. I feel 
success comes from when you feel privileged to do what you do. Being alive is a gift in itself. Yes. And feeling that privilege and feeling that gratefulness for everything that we get to do in this wonderful time in life. And then like focusing on that joyfulness, that's what starts to inspire motivation and momentum because the opportunities are out there, whether you see them or not, is whether you can connect, you know, your own momentum and energy into that. So right. the opportunity is there. They just don't might not look like what you think they're going to look like. And to be able to tap into that, you have to have the same mental energy and emotional stability to be able to, to kind of move that opportunity to create the opportunity to become what you need it to become to fulfill your vision and dreams and goals. Perfect way to end it. But I, I also want to take some time to have you um, tell our listeners about your books. I mean, you've, you've got two. Um, maybe you can briefly summarize what those two books are about and how we can get a copy of it. Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the first one is, yeah, two books. Art and Negotiation is the first one. That was all. That is all about believing it's possible and taking you know, the initiative to negotiate because there's so many situations in everyday life where negotiation takes place but we're not necessarily sure how or why or even that it's happening to us and i think it's one of the most important skills out there today being able to influence being able to not just with things like pay rises and job negotiations but negotiating with colleagues with friends with family members to get situations that are more empathetic for for both parties so that is a, a book that i wrote based on my years as a negotiator um and it's really how do you transform everyday situations and, and get what you need, but also become a better negotiator because that actually helps the other person as well. Right. Um, and that's available in all books stores in Singapore, or again, if you're passing through the airport, WH Smith. Um, and the same with Be the Lion. Be the Lion is a book around courage, but it's around a framework to operate life in a more successful way and i would say it's my mastermind group that is it's essentially a reflection of the last five years or last seven last five years of my life and how i moved from someone who knew they wanted to do something do more contribute more to someone that was actually feeling like they're doing it whilst having a lot going on and so that framework is the beta line framework that resonates throughout the whole book and in it i share stories from obviously being around some of these coaches and mentors but also personal experiences um and again it can be found at wh smith or in any bookstore in singapore or obviously online as well on amazon um or on audio and if anyone wants to reach out my handle is tim js castle and i'm on all social medias but i look forward to yeah hearing responses and seeing how people are going i i yeah i'll link all the descriptions on the podcast so um if people reach out um you know uh don't be surprised <laughs> uh, but um i want a, a parting question you know uh ryan sirhan is someone you look up to would we see a tim castle course based on your two books i think you might i think <laughs> that's uh that's a 2020 um yeah it's, it's in the works um a couple more books as well for 2020 so yeah tim castle course is is yeah. it's definitely especially around the be the lion uh, part i've 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 got a couple of influence and negotiation courses coming as well so yeah. it's, it's an exciting time i love it look forward to it 
thank you so much tim you, you know it's been an absolute pleasure and it was really informative and uh, i'm glad you were on the podcast oh thanks so much for having me on i've loved it <laughs> right. um yeah great stuff cheers <laughs>